Hello and welcome to another episode of I Know I Love, the podcast where I, Kevin, talk about all of the things that I know I love in the realms of entertainment, from movies to music to video games and television. Um, so this week we are going to be actually going to movies um, to finish off the month of September. I cannot believe it is almost October. And um, the film, well, films series that I've chosen to talk about today kind of gets us, uh, I think, into a little bit of the Halloween mood uh, most years. Um, and it is the film series and book series, Harry Potter. Um, now, Harry Potter, I'm, I'm thinking right now, my God, how am I going to get this in like 30 minutes or less? But I'm going to try. I have my outline ready to go. And uh, let's see if we can make sure we're keeping things focused and on point. But um, I recently started re-watching the Harry Potter film series, um, and I just thought, you know what, we're getting into October, and I think it is like a good lead into that month, and I really, really do love the series, so I just thought, why not? Let's do it. So if you're not familiar with Harry Potter, I mean, if you're not familiar with Harry Potter, shame, but if you are not legitimately familiar with Harry Potter, um, Harry Potter is a book series written by J.K. Rowling, who um, the first book of the seven books came out in 1997, which was titled the Philosopher's, or Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Um, the American version is the Sorcerer's Stone. And then from that, we have Chamber of Secrets, the second one, Prisoner of Azkaban, Goblet of Fire, Order of Phoenix, Half-Blood Prince, Deathly Hallows, which was the final book, and that was in 2007. So between 1997 and 2007, the books were coming out. And then the first film of the series didn't come out till 2001, and I believe it took about till 2011 for them to finish. Um, part of that was because um, Deathly Hallows, the final book um, that was made into the movie, the movie comprises of two parts, um, which we'll discuss later, um, but that movie originally um, came out in 2010, and then part two came out in 2011, so that's where you get the extra year in there. Um, so yeah, I mean, it took them about, you know, it was like 10 years for the books and then 10 years roughly looks like for the movies. So um, really long series and really great series as well. And so my um, initial uh, discovery of Harry Potter, like my first exposure to it was really, um, I believe it was right after the first film was on DVD. Like the book was already out and everything for a while. And I kept hearing about the book for a couple years. Um, and I was like, eh, like, it's like kidsy and like, it's, I don't know, it just doesn't sound like, I mean, I love like, you know, sort of, uh, mythological stuff and like medieval and not that it's that, but, um, I just was like, I don't know, like this, I don't know if this just sounds for me. And so I ended up borrowing the first movie. I thought, you know what, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to make myself watch it, uh, with one of my other sisters. And, um, we just were like, okay, let's give it a chance. Let's see what the hype is about, you know, and is this just something super trendy or is it like legitimately deserving of like a viewing? The first film had just been released to DVD and I believe it was like um, very soon after that, the second film followed in theaters. And watching the first film just completely like broadened everything. It like completely cleared everything, any issues I thought I might have with it. And I realized, wow, okay, this is amazing. Like it's really freaking good. By the time I started actually like reading the books, I believe the first four would have already been out at that point since Goblet of Fire, which is yeah the fourth one, it came out in 2000, the book. So I would have 
been able to read through those first four books. So that's pretty much what I did. And now that I think about it, that's pretty much how I remember it happening. Um, and so I started immediately reading the book series and just fell in love with them. Like just in general, like starting with the film, like the first film after watching it, it completely just caught me off guard. I mean, this was something like I'd heard about this whole series and everything. And I just couldn't I couldn't understand like why I had maybe like avoided it a little bit and I think it was just a combination of you know people in general saying oh like that's for like whatever that's for this or that and like once I was able to really tune all of that out and everything I mean that's kind of when I was able to really embrace um, the offerings that this series has um, just some standout components of Harry Potter I mean starting of course with the story the story um, again if you're not familiar Please go check it out. It's amazing. Um, but the story is essentially about Harry Potter, who is this boy who um, is an orphan. And he um, is dropped off um, at the beginning of both the book and the film, the first film. Um, he's dropped off um, by these like wizard people at this house who seems to be his uncle and aunt. And they have a, they have a son as well, his uh, cousin um, Dudley. And... He's pretty much raised till he is 11 by them, treated really poorly. They pretty much make him their slave, like he's cooking for them all the time and just doing all the chores and everything. And then he lives under this um, this cupboard under the stairs. Like they have this big house and he just, he doesn't get to really be treated like their son, even their nephew really. He's pretty much just treated like, you know, an afterthought and they just take advantage of like the fact that he can do chores and that's it. Like they, they seem to not really love him, any of them. Um, and they all are pretty much treating him the same. Suddenly, there is uh, these these owls that show up with, and they start trying to deliver all these letters. And long story short, the letter ends up being um, an invitation for him to join the Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, um, which is a school for wizards and witches, boys and girls. Harry is completely thrown off guard. He has never even heard of this school. He doesn't even realize he is a wizard. Um, until he's told by another character, Hagrid, directly, yes, you are a wizard. And he, you know, can't seem to, like, fully understand, like, what that means and, and who he is. So in addition to him being a wizard, not realizing it, getting to go to this really awesome school and everything, and this whole other world that's not seen by, you know, regular people, which are called muggles if you're not magical, um, he finds out he is actually really famous in the wizarding world because... There's this psycho guy, Voldemort, who is like, you know, this greatest sorcerer of all time, like really evil, like kind of like the Darth Vader of wizarding world, who tried, who killed Harry's parents when he was a baby, tried to kill him, and Harry is, of course, the boy who lived, which is why he's famous. So he has this scar in his head in the shape of a lightning bolt. Um, and so the whole series is just pretty much about like Harry's um, schooling at this Hogwarts school, you know, after each term, you know, he comes back and then every book and film starts kind of with, you know, either being back in the muggle world or, you know, leading up into going back to school. And so every every um, edition of the book and the film just have to do with his adventures of like dealing with school and other kids and professors, but also this psycho guy Voldemort who, who is, we thought was dead and he's trying to find some other way to come back. And, you know, take revenge and take over the world and everything and kill Harry, of course, since he didn't succeed the first time. So it's a really, really um, complex story. I mean, I'm, I'm simplifying it in as much as I can because it's it's too, too big to, to fit everything in. But that is the gist of that story. 
Um, and it just, it, I think it is a story that relates to so many people. And I think that um, one thing that Harry Potter and the world itself has going for it, of course, is the characters that just are relatable to anyone. Like there is a character for every single person in this world inside of this book and film. Um, it's for children, it's for adults, it's for teenagers. I mean, there's everything in between. Um, and it's a very, um, it's a very relatable story as well. I mean, Harry throughout the series, though, he just wants to be a regular kid. He doesn't want to um, have all this glory and fame for just surviving something that he didn't ask to be a part of. Um, but suddenly he has to constantly be the hero um, of the story because, you know, he's the one that has to, you know, ultimately try to, you know, destroy Voldemort's plans and everything with the help of his friends and everyone else. Um, but it's a very, uh, I mean, and this is the thing, like, it's not like, it's not like we've not heard that story before in other ways. I mean, you could take the Star Wars series and compare it very similarly. Like, I mean, when we put them side by side, I mean, there's just a very similar uh, storyline where, you know, people realize there's something, they get help from their friends and other people and like creatures and stuff and like work to take down like the bad guy. I mean, like this is a story we've heard before. Um, but the way that Harry Potter progresses is just really unique, um, not just um, in the films, but in the books as well. Like J.K. Rowling has a way, like when you read the book, it's totally literary still, but it's just, it's a very easy read because it just is told so well. Um, a lot of the chapters, um, similar to the films, kind of like leave you sort of hanging and going like, oh my God, like, but what about that thing or whatever? And like, you kind of have to wait till the next one comes out or you read or watch the next thing. It, it's really well told and it keeps you really interested as you go um you know in the for in the first film it's kind of like more introduction to the world itself um and you know the ins and outs of the the magical people versus the muggles and like harry is sort of navigating both and he's kind of our eyes and our ears um for this place that you know he's experiencing it for the first time and so are we um by the time you get to the second uh book and film it's like um, story gets a little bit darker, a little creepier, and like um, things get a little more challenging, but he's kind of used to the world. So like the challenge of the task of the plot becomes a little more complex. And that continues as the rest of the series goes on. It's just like right when Harry gets adjusted to things in the world, things get more complicated. We learn more information um, and he has to figure it out while we're wondering how is he going to figure this out at the same time. Um, the film series, since we're speaking sp specifically on films for this podcast this week, um, the first uh, two films were directed by Christopher Columbus, who is a really phenomenal director. And one of the things I love about his films, um, just in general, because he's done like a very wide variety. I mean, you can check out his like filmography and I mean, he's kind of all over the place, but his films really have a family feel to them. Like no matter what the film um, even if it has a little bit more adult themes, like he really does know how to create this world of family and um, just like cheer and like joy. Um, and also one thing that's important is the feeling that holidays give. Like Chris Columbus, um, he really has a way of creating sort of that nostalgic, like warm, fuzzy feeling around the holidays. And that is seen in the Harry, in the world of Harry Potter in the first two films that he directed. And I, I totally, when you watch it, it's kind of like if you're, if you've been familiar with Chris Columbus's films, you really understand, um, like 
kind of why they chose him because it really has the films have that warm feeling i mean even the second one does get dark but it still has like a warm like everything's gonna be okay um feeling and they present things in such a like magical way and it has this really not to i mean no pun intended but it has this charm um to the first two films um and the reason i speak to on the first two films is because i feel like that foundation um though it is present in the rest of the series is not in my opinion as much there um once we get to the third film um the prisoner of azkaban um it gets a little darker a lot darker actually um alfonso curon takes on the film directing role and in that respect you now have this director who's a little more artsy than chris columbus and he um has no shame with that as he directs the third film um a lot of things in the third film there's there's i find it to be the most divisive um i will say the third book is one of my favorite books um it's probably my second favorite book actually after goblet of fire but it is the film itself is one of my least favorite films i think because um of the way that everything is so different um and not in a great way it's not like uh you know a new hope is from star wars a new hope is like a really great film and then empire strikes back is like amazing it's not like that it's like okay um all of these all of these things that once were are now not um things of the landscape of the school are now different that things that weren't there now are there like there's a lot of liberties that were taken with the third film and i still never understand it i've had so many conversations with fans um of the series and a lot of people feel the same way some people are like no i love the third film it's so much better and like the story is darker but it's not really like when you read the third book it's not i mean like things get more difficult for harry as the books progress but it never i i never pictured it dark when i was reading the books like i wasn't like picturing as dark as the third movie is um it's still a great film like i'm not gonna knock it it's still a great film um because the story is good I just wonder, man, like what Chris Columbus could have done with it. Um, but he essentially, from my understanding, I think he just wanted a break and, you know, he hadn't committed to doing all of the films. But I really, sometimes I wish like, gosh, if he could just go back in time and like, uh, or, or go forward and do like a reboot and him direct all of the films where it's like one tone throughout, I think um, it could have been even better than it already is. Um, so Mike Newell, another director, comes in to do Goblet of Fire, and like that is a film that I think again fits more with the first two. Um, I think he kind of tried to emulate that sort of warm fuzziness. It still has darkness in it, um, but that one feels very accurate and familiar to the books as well, at least in the environment and the landscape and things. And from there, um, David Yates ends up directing um, five through eight. Again, there being eight because there's two parts to uh, the set, the seventh film. Um, and, and the films after that, I mean, they're fine enough. Like they're, uh, I mean, they follow the book pretty closely. Um, they don't, I don't think from five through eight, especially, I don't think they really tried to get too artsy, like kind of like the third one did um, with the films. But um, they're still all great films. And like, that's, that's the thing I'm saying is like, I talk about it as if like, oh, but they get worse as you go. I mean, they're not the first two. I mean, the first two are just like, they hold like a place near and dear to my heart. Even the fourth book film is just like 
really, really great, especially because that is my favorite book. So I was praying, like, please don't, like, get crazy with this or get, like, overly creative. Just, just she's giving you what you need in the books. Just run with it. And I feel like they really did with the fourth film, which I appreciated as a fan of the series. Um, and so I think David Yates in the, in the last uh, few films, uh, following the last few books, I think he really did um, try to just not... Um, get too crazy with things and, and take too many liberties and I think he continued on and I think the series finishes well um, but again just all in all what makes the the series great is in that you can follow it so well even with those changes to the films happening is because of the story it's because of the characters it's because of all of the mysteries going on and, and the things that you're wondering about and I think that's why I love it so much is because especially um, you know, as you were following the series while the books are, weren't finished coming out especially, um, you would have a lot of discussions with other fans of the books. Like I would talk with my sister a lot and other friends at school and be like, you know, what do you think is going to happen with like this person or that person? Do you think maybe like he's actually like blah, blah, blah. Like the, these conversations were had all the time by fans of the series because um, you're not, you don't really know until you get to the end, oh, okay, like this is what's going to happen. Um, and the film series and book series both, I mean, they do end on a positive note. Um, I'm not going to, I'm going to try to not spoil too much. So if you've not finished it or I'm not familiar and you want to check it out, like I'm going to try. Um, but I do, I will say, I think the series ends decently. Um, and I found it to be kind of like where I figured it was heading. Not in a predictable way, but I was kind of like, okay, yeah, all right, that's cool. Um, I will say, and this has been a critique of mine personally with the seventh book and the last two films, um, I kind of feel like the book was a little, it wasn't really necessary. Like, I feel like they could have combined those sixth and the seventh one. Um, I don't know if this is true, but I kind of felt like it seemed like the amount, the allotment of books got extended and then it was suddenly like oh crap like we have to come up with stuff like jk rowling i don't know was like we have to i have to come up with stuff to like fill in these these this section now because i wasn't expecting to have to write this many books that's how it feels like i don't know if that's what happened um just because the seventh story is good but it kind of is like a lot of like running around looking for stuff and it's like by the halfway point you're like okay where is this going like wrap it up like let's go like because it just takes so long to get to sort of the climactic moment and the film feels the same way and i remember feeling like when the seventh film came out like they're gonna make this into two like seriously like i mean the fourth one totally could have been two films totally um i would say I mean, yeah, like I think out of all of them, I would be happy with Goblet of Fire part one and part two because, I mean, they did have to cut a lot of stuff and it could have happened. But the seventh book, I mean, I thought the book could have been like 100 pages shorter and the film had no business being like two films long, but whatever. Um, still a great film, though. So not just my opinions on those little things. So coming back, overall, what makes Harry Potter so great? Um, I, I feel like for one, I mean, currently... It's the rewatchability. I mean, I've seen the film series like a million times. I've read through the books a few times as well. And it always feels new. Like, it always feels like this, when you watch that first movie, it's like, oh, like I'm coming back to this world. Yes. Like, and it has this very nostalgic feel 
um, because it feels familiar because you've seen it before, but it also makes you start thinking about like what's going to happen because you know, and, you, and it makes it so much more enjoyable because there's so much more of a payoff um, as you go forward. And so that rewatchability factor for this series is great. And, you know, I think some of the best films have that. Um, I mean, I think all the ones I'll probably talk about on this podcast have a rewatchability factor to them. Um, and, and this is no exception. Um, I find this series to also be very inspiring as well in various ways. I think, of course, the story is inspiring to the to the viewers, um, people watching it. I mean, you you really see these, these kids and um, grow up in this world and you see like sort of the way that they interact with the world differently and the adults as well. Um, you see kind of how the story progresses. I mean, it seems like a whole other, it seems like a real world when you're watching it, um, like it actually exists. Um, and so it, it's inspiring just to see kind of like where a lot of the characters end up and, um, and, and both in good and bad ways, not all of them make it, let's just be honest. Um, but it is, it's inspiring because it just really feels, um, like you really get closure at the end and you get like, um, a sort of sense of completion, um, and you just are able to sort of sit back after you finish the whole thing, like all, all eight movies and kind of go like, wow, okay, like that's a lot, you know, and that's kind of what I'm doing now. Like, um, I've never, like, I've watched the films a million times, like separately, like, and I try to watch them in order when I do that. But like currently I'm actually watching them like back to back to back. So it's like literally as soon as I finish one, I'm getting right into the next one. And I find that um, it feels like a really long movie that way and in a good way. And, and like I've, I, one thing I even noticed in particular is like the third film always rubs me the wrong way. And I'm always like, ugh, like I really love the story of this one, but I don't like the way it looks and I don't like certain decisions they made and whatever. Um, but I found like it didn't bother me as much when I watched it really quickly after the second one and then I jumped right into the fourth one. Like it was kind of like, okay, that happened, now we're moving on and going forward. Um, and so I do think watching it in that way kind of fills in some of the holes and, and issues like one might have with things and direction. And I mean, nothing is perfect, yes, but it's just the foundation again that was set. Um, it would have been cool to see that carried out, but still a great series. Um, and so, yeah, and again, as I mentioned, the uh, the nostalgic uh, factor for the series, um, both book and film, I mean, it, it, they both just have um, that familiarity and, and characters that you want to revisit, which I think is something very difficult um, to create. I mean, it's done. I mean, there's a lot of films that we all like to watch again and again and again. Um, and Harry Potter, I think, has the same thing going for it. I think... It has characters from all walks of life. It has, you know, funny characters, serious characters, villains, heroes, like everything in between. I mean, the kids themselves are, the students in the school of Hogwarts are like divided into houses, um, four different houses. And like each house kind of comprises of students that sort of fit like a sort of personality um, depending on the type of person that they themselves are. So um, it just has a lot of that going into it. And I think... Um, the fact that it has such a like gigantic uh, collection of characters and is able to sort of keep your interest through such a long series, um, again, speaks to the strength of the story and the characters working hand in hand to create something worth watching that that's long um, in itself. I also think that culturally, the impact 
the positive impact that Harry Potter um, has on our society is something that I feel like it may only come once in a lifetime. You know, it's one of those things that um, it has ins- has just inspired. It's first off, it's inspired so many stories like it, and, and books like it, and movies like it. Um, it's inspired, um, you know, theme parks. Like for for instance, you know, I'm in Orlando. Um, and we have Universal and Islands of Adventure here and both have Harry Potter, entire Harry Potter sections. And when you go, it's literally like you are immersed into that world. Like you feel like you're there. I mean, and there's so many products and toys and gadgets and clothes and everything you can buy all related to Harry Potter. Um, while whether it's in the park or outside of it, I mean, uh, it just has such a cultural, it was, it is still such a cultural phenomenon, um, People really have this like universal love for it. I mean, typically I find, you know, if I come across people that aren't a fan of the series or, you know, may only watch the first couple movies and they were kind of bored. Even people who, for instance, don't have like, um, don't enjoy movies or stories about like medieval stuff or mythology or magic or whatever. um, I don't think you have to have an appreciation for those things to appreciate the film. But I understand it's not for everybody. I mean, nothing is, right? It's just um, the point I'm trying to make is that the uh, admiration for Harry Potter and everything that it is and and still is, um, I think just completely overpowers like the people who don't like it. So like everyone has their own opinions, that's fine. And so that will go ahead and wrap up our episode here on Harry Potter. And if you have never watched the films or read the books, I mean, I, I have to say, like, as a fan of the whole series, personally, I would start with the books just so that way you see what I'm saying about sort of the transition that some of the films have. A lot of people will argue, well, the, the story, the films get darker because the stories do, but I don't know that that's entirely true. I think the challenges get more difficult for Harry Potter. I don't think the tone of the books changes from like super height or you know airy and bright to like suddenly like gothic craziness. I don't think that at all. Um, but that's my opinion. But again, I would start with a book series um, just so that way you can sort of see, okay, did what you imagine sort of translate onto the screen and do it like one book at a time. You know, read a book, read the first book, and then watch the first movie and read the second book and so on. Um, I just think that would be a cool way to go about it just so that you can really see, you know, does the film correlate to what your internal vision really is. So I really appreciate you guys listening. And again, um, I've had a lot of good feedback so far. So um, I'm going to keep doing my thing. And thanks for listening and looking forward to next week's episode. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the I Know I Love Podcast. If you like what you heard, please follow me, Kevin Craddock, on Instagram at I Know I Love Podcast. Here you can find current information and links to future episodes as they are produced. Thanks again for listening.